Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, the podcast where two best friends use their patent pending movie ranking scale to determine the true quality of a film. Today is Thursday, August 3rd, 2023, a week late than we said it was going to be, a day late than our regularly scheduled program, and that is because today we are reviewing the Christopher Nolan blockbuster hit, Oppenheimer, and there is a reason why it is late. It is because we committed to seeing it in 70 millimeter IMAX. Oh, yeah. One of 19 theaters in the country showed it right down the street from us. And, of course, when I went to go see it, the 70 millimeter was broken. Mm. And I had to wait a week until I could get available tickets that weren't in the very front row, which I'm very glad of because that would have been a fucking nightmare watching this movie in the <laughs> first row. And I had to watch it at 11 p.m. on a Tuesday night. So here we are, baby. It's wonderful. It's commitment to the craft. You know, you mm-hmm. pivoted. You yep. said, I'll take one for the team, go at 11 for a three-hour movie. And they had they showed it in regular digital IMAX at that showtime we originally go to. And they were like, you want you can still see it? And I said, nope. 70 millimeter. Yep. And you got to see it literally the same day I was going to see it. <laughs> it was the very next showing. They had it fixed. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Yeah. Worked great. It, they probably just didn't reel it back up or something. I don't know how film reels work. <laughs> They probably just, like, forgot to reel it back up. We're yeah. like, shit, we're not going to get this reeled back up in time. It's like the VHS where, like, you have to hit the rewind button all the way through the movie, and they just fucked up the timing on it. Like, some dude was cleaning, went to throw away the trash, completely forgot that was his job. Anyways, it's all right. Better late than never. I'm excited I saw this in seven, 70 millimeter, and I'm excited to talk about this film, Ty. Um, it's a big one, and I feel like there's going to be a big conversation. I can't wait. 60% of the show. time, it works. J. Robert Oppenheimer is a brilliant scientist. And when a new discovery in the scientific community arises, the U.S. government hires him to lead a team of people to help create the world's first atomic bomb. Based on a true story, lightly, kind of, sort of. Shot for shot. Everything in this movie happened in real life, exactly how you've seen it. That's Christopher Nolan. (laughs) I'm sure, just like the Batman trilogy. Yes. Yeah. Real life. Yeah. Oppenheimer, Ty, the film that... Didn't back down from Barbie, Mm-mm. the film that said, we're going to release when we want to release, and that's that, and we're not moving, and what the hell, no way. What the hell, no way, indeed. I have no idea what you're talking Are about. Are you serious? Um, 
sorry, I just got completely. Kenneth Branagh was in this. Did you know this? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was the one professor. I didn't realize that was Mr. Branagh. No, I'll never. I'll <laughs> never not notice Mr. Branagh. Mustache or not. The podcast just totally stopped in its tracks because I realized Mr. Branagh was in this. Yeah. I'm sorry. Wow. Ken. Believe it or not. <laughs> Ken. Kenneth Branagh. Oh. He's Ken. They're saying he also played Ken and Barbie. I was about to be even more blind. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm surprised with how big both these movies were. There isn't someone who crossed the barrier and was in both. These both had stacked casts. Who is the most likely to cross over? Florence Pugh? Yeah, Matt Damon. But Matt da- Matt Damon's... He would have played such a good older Ken. They're too big, though. I don't know if they want to do a little, like, a, a smaller role, because they, they obviously wouldn't have been the main. 100% they would... Sh- John Cena showed up for one day. John Cena's not Matt Damon, brother. Well, I mean... <laughs> as much as I love John fair. Cena. Um, so this film, based off Robert J. Oppenheimer, like you said, J. Robert Oppenheimer, the guy who made the atomic bomb... Didn't it stood down? It did not stand down from Barbie. It has made four hundred thirty-nine million dollars, according to Wikipedia. I believe that's just domestically. Um, I could be wrong about that. Either way, it um, Which turned is a profit. Fucking insane for an R-rated biopic, going up against probably the movie of the year. Yeah, yeah. Like, how does that happen? I well, like I said last week, I think it benefited from being released with Barbie because the meme started with Barbenheimer. And it's made $231 million internationally, more than it has domestically. So that obviously helps. But this movie turned a profit um, somehow, some way, with as grandiose as this was. It still only cost $100 million. Now, it sounds absurd to say only $100 million. But when you compare it to Secret Invasion, which costs $200 million plus. 220. Um, it seems <laughs> it makes like no fucking sense. This was a low-budget film. Um, <laughs> Just a l- real small indie project. And I was excited. I said two weeks ago. Maybe I said during Barbie. Don't remember. That I was excited to watch like a good, not that Barbie wasn't good, but like a good, a serious, chance, yeah, serious chance to win best picture type of film. And let me tell you, Ty, it delivered. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess we'll just jump straight in the scale plot slash story. I don't want to give my number right away. I want to talk about this. I wanted to talk about the plot and the story specifically. 100%. Um, not directly related to the film first, and then we can get more into the nitty gritty. The not directly related to the film thing I want to talk about with this plot is, did you notice the similar beats between this and uh, Hamilton? <laughs> no, I did not. Please. Me and Riley had a 15-minute conversation about this. I guess it's like a TikTok thing. I didn't see it on TikTok first. I independently thought about this. Okay. They're both important people in American history who 100%. aren't really known by the casuals. Like, I mean, people know Hamilton because he's on the $10 bill. But before Hamilton, did anyone really know what he did? No. no. People know Einstein, you know, was the one that wrote the letter to FDR saying you should make a bomb. They didn't. I don't I didn't know who Oppenheimer was. I think unless you're a history guy, you don't know who Oppenheimer was. Yeah. Both uh, creators of the 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 media were inspired by a book. You know, Lynn read the Hamilton book. Oppenheimer read or Nolan read an Oppenheimer book. Yeah. Um, both of them have an affair. Very true. Well, multiple affairs. We only get one on film, but Oppenheimer was fucking everyone. Um, Hamilton was a ladies' man. He was. Uh, both of them. I wish I had more of these. Uh, we compared. It was like Matt Damon was like George Washington. Okay. Um, they both had nemesises that were that hated him for political reasons. Correct. In Louis Strauss and Aaron Burr, sir. Um, yeah, and just, you know, forgotten about yeah. people, and one's a very serious thing about a bomb, and one's a rap music about the Founding Fathers. Yeah. 
Um, both of them get shunned. Like they're they're touted, you know, they're brought up. It's like, look at this amazing guy. And then what happens after what happens? They're both getting shunned for yeah. their various different reasons. Public image is just tarnished. And I would just like to believe that there is a very, very close alternate reality universe out there where the only difference is that Oppenheimer is a musical rap Broadway and Hamilton is a serious Christopher um, Nolan three hour biopic. Yeah. Christopher Colin biopic. Yeah. <laughs> so or Lynn is the serious movie maker and Christopher Nolan is the rap Broadway guy. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> so I love that. I, I saw a TikTok comparing Barbie to Black Panther. Okay. And like all the the beat for beat like person from this universe that you know is a little different than our universe goes to the real world gets ideologies from the real world brings it back to their land, so I love this comparison. I just think it's there, man. Yeah, I think fucking great. So who's the next? Is this a trend? Are we gonna get another like I told Riley like is the next one gonna be? So we've got a musical, we've got a serious movie. Is it gonna be like I don't know a comedy about like dropping a bomb? Well, not not this specific. Oh, Another overlooked person in history. Like I'm sure, um, I, the example I gave was like you know Abraham Lincoln ended slavery or something. Was uh-huh. there like a did he have like a right hand man who was actually more important towards that that no one knows? Yeah. And then we're just gonna get a movie about him or her. Who knows? I, I mean, they did kind of set up the U.S. history political multiverse with the Kennedy Robert F. Kennedy <laughs> name drop in this. Maybe we get like Kennedy's right hand man. <laughs> And it's, like, directed by, like, James Gunn or something. Maybe. We're going to get an Oppenheimer-connected universe? Yeah. And it's just going to be teaching us history lessons. Yeah, it's and just this is how we get kids to know history. It's fucking great. <laughs> I was thinking about this movie, too. Like, if I if you had to watch this in high school for a history class, it sucks, right? Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> because it's so many days of class what this movie yeah. would take up. Yeah. And, you kn- and they'd fast-forward through the sex scene. Oh, yeah. You and- don't get the, the cool... Yeah. This is my this is my last samurai. If okay. I'm in high school. Okay. Where it's like actually a good movie, but I fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah, this movie's horrible. All the teachers out there that are already thinking about showing the the PG thirteen version when they release it on digital or something, yeah. like don't do just it. don't. It's no. not gonna click. Unless you have a an IMAX surround sound in your classroom somehow. That'd just, be pretty sick. Projector don't. that's the entire wall of the classroom. I was telling a coworker. I mean, I'll, I'll save this. I'll save this until we get into the proper categories. Plot <laughs> slash story tie. Um, speaking of another, another, we already spoke about Hamilton. I want to bring up another movie just when it comes to kind of how I feel about this. And there's a through line, and that through line is Mr. Matt Damon, and that is the film Air. And the thing I really liked about Air, two vastly different movies, obviously, very much so, was that we knew the end result. Yes. We knew what was going to happen, mm-hmm. yet they did a great job of building up suspense and making that feel like it mattered, feel like you, you were taken out of this. This is a true story, but I still don't know what's going to happen. Oppenheimer does the same thing. Now, obviously, I wasn't familiar with the political stuff afterwards and everything, but I know that there was a nuclear bomb that was dropped in World War II, and I knew that this bomb was going to work from the, the Trinity Project or whatever it's called. Yeah. And yet the way it was woven together, the way it was uh, – Three different timelines almost all at once with um, – I feel like it could get a little bit confusing if you're not locked in. Yeah, but for the, sure. the RDJ kind of – I don't want to say timeline, but point in time and then the the trial point in time where he's getting um, – is trial the right word? Where he's talking to the government people? Uh, Older Oppenheimer. When he's in the room? Yeah. Um, hearing, trial, yeah, whatever. Hearing. So I you have the – the RDJ, you know, he's trying to go in the cabinet. You have the older Oppenheimer talking to the guys. And you have 
his life, like not his whole life, but back in time where the, he starts. The build up to the bomb. Yeah, he starts in Germany and it builds up. And then after the bomb, you know, you have a little bit of that, but then it kind of weaves back together seamlessly. Again, if you're not locked into this, it can get a little bit confusing. But the way it was done, it locked me in. I oh. was I was locked in, Ty. Yeah. No, 100%. I, you couldn't take, keep your eyes off screen because you were so intrigued by everything. And the mm-hmm. way that it, like, it kind of helps you out for the casuals with the black and white and color. Like, oh, yeah. this is this timeline, this is that. Mm-hmm. But it just, it's three hours of fucking dense, dense movie that yeah. just keeps going. Yeah. In the best way. Yeah, man. And it was like a good locked in. I wasn't even eating popcorn or anything, but the way it's done and then the anticipation to the buildup of the bomb itself, I guess I could say here that I told you I felt like I was going to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> I I was like sick to my stomach. It felt like I was riding like a really scary roller coaster. I don't know if you got the same effect. Oh, no, I was. Yeah, it's it's like a pit in your stomach. Like what's going to happen? And I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, but like, I don't know if I'm someone who likes biopics, but this was just done in such a, such a genius way, Ty. Um, the only thing I think I I knock it down a little bit for is that you kind of have to be really locked in. Um, the rewatchability of this, I'm not sure how it plays, especially not in the movie theater. And I just, you know, I hate like talking bad about something when I give it a high score, but it's almost like justifying why it doesn't get a 20. So it might sound like I'm (laughs) shitting on it, but I'm not, but you gotta be really locked in. It is really dense. I could see how it can get confusing. Some little things I even like had to look up or ask Riley because there's just so much that like, if you don't understand one little thing, it's kind of like, it just keeps going. It doesn't wait for you, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I still think the way the story was done in the plot. And I mean, you could add to this with any feedback you have as well, but I gave it an 18 out of 20. Yeah. I, I, it is very dense and a hundred percent. If you're an asshole who like you look down and you're sending a text out or like trying to have a slight conversation, you look mm-hmm. up, you're going to be left behind and, and so confused. Yeah. I, I'm not going to knock a movie for that though, because it's done so fucking well mm-hmm. to where it's Christopher Nolan did the, the, the one, what is it? I've never seen it, but tenant, no memento memento. Pretty good. Which is another one where it's like different timelines and shit happening at different you would like Memento a lot. I'm sure I would. I recommend it. I, I watched Interstellar for the first time like two weeks ago. <laughs> fucking loved it. It just got me so much more hyped for this movie. Um, but the way that everything, it almost ends in the middle. The story with, with it ends with him going to Einstein and that last, that conversation that yeah, happens yeah, when yeah. him and Strauss meet for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was right there. And then you have all the, the battle of him and Strauss after that. Yeah. And then you have him building the bomb prior to that and it's just all these different fucking twists and turns and this happens that happens and you see kind of like the effects you know the groundwork being laid for what's happening in the future yeah and even though like you see a little bit of the future see a little bit of the past there's still like what the fuck holy shit kind of moments Mm -hmm. and it's just done so fucking perfectly it's a three-hour movie and i just i couldn't keep my eyes off the screen it's it's perfection for a biopic. It really felt like that. Wow. And and I've I don't think I've ever given a twenty in story. Wow. And it's 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 fucking incredible. It's it, such a good it's, story. It's very good. I think the point I wanted to make that I just remembered right now as we were talking about it. The only thing I guess I disliked, I don't even want to call it dislikes. Again, this is we're talking high scores here and I don't wanna make it seem bad, but the RDJ like when he's he's obviously 
doing the trial cabinet. And then you have the scene where it's almost like the big reveal that RDJ was like a step ahead and he did all this stuff. That part of it was like a little bit, I don't know. Like I texted you on the side. Like, I feel like if this movie was 20 minutes shorter, maybe I would have given it the highest score ever just because like, that's where I feel like it kind of lost me story-wise just a tad. Um, and like, I, I was thinking again, if I'm nitpicking this, like how much of the political rivalry did we really need? Um, and I get it. You're trying to tell the whole story in the aftermath of it. So it is needed, but I think it's just almost a, a victim of its own awesomeness. Like you're in this emotional <laughs> whirlwind for two hours and you kind of peak with the bomb dropping like adrenaline wise. And you have that awesome scene where he's keep going. Well, keep you going. have that awesome scene where he's talking to the people in the, the, um, the hearing, not the hearing, the, the, the gymnasium and they're, you know, stomping their feet. Okay. And he yeah. has the flashback. Like, I don't know. I feel like I peaked there emotionally and I felt a little bit worn out. And then, yes, there is the hearing <laughs> scene where you, it sounds like the bomb's going to go off yeah. again and then it doesn't. Yeah. I was covering my ears. I won't be, I'm going to be honest with you. I was a little scared. You took away from your experience. I, like this. I hate you for that. Uh, <laughs> do a little bit of ear damage for a really good viewing experience. The RDJ thing, like, again, I'm nitpicking here. Um, just when I got to that point of the film, I was almost just kind of, like, exhausted. <laughs> and I, I can definitely get that. I think, for me, it's this movie isn't a movie about the atomic bomb. No, not at all. It's a movie about Oppenheimer. Yeah. It's his fucking name. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that comes with, obviously, that is the big moment in his life is the bomb. And you get that. But you also see where it's, like you said, you know, this man who gets torn down after what he did and all of the emotions and complexities that come with doing what he did and creating such, you know, this literally world-changing device. Mm -hmm. And then seeing him not only, like, not get credit for it, but be shamed and, and shunned in the community. Yeah, shunned for going against it, you know, not yeah. wanting to do the hydrogen bomb and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he, he decided, you know, hey, maybe we shouldn't have fucking done that and had the, the <laughs> yeah. balls to say that, basically. Yeah. And we should not continue down this path. And he gets pushed out of his role. And it's all because of this fucking Strauss dude who's, who's his Aaron Burr, like you said. <laughs> and, and I think that is part of his story. Yeah. And so while I do think like it peaks with the bomb and, and that gymnasium scene, and it's, it's fucking incredible when that yeah. happens. It's it just keeps going for me, like I think the hearing scene with all of that. I think when fucking Rami Malek shows up for his forty seconds Most of fame, random fucking Rami Malek but performance. Then he, ever. then he drops that fucking bomb and he's just like, "Hey, fuck this Strauss dude." Yeah, it's just it's so good. Yeah, and everything throughout the the early life, the bomb dropping, the shunning, the the all of it is done so fucking good. There was a lot of. Um attention to detail stuff was in there for a reason and like absolutely yeah uh leading into like the rest of the movie but also leading into like some little things like again it's obviously dramatized like not everything they don't know everything that happened in his life but when he finds out that um gene tatlock his mistress commits suicide after he says he can't see her anymore and he's having that scene where he's crying and stuff emily blunt who his don't wife give away yeah his wife but i don't i was about to say something don't want to give away till we get there you know leans in and tells him you can't do the sin and then have everyone feel sympathy for you. What and a like, fucking line that is. It was delivered much better than I was. I just did. And I'm sure there was not word for it was, word. No, but it was similar. reminiscent though. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Um, and that's almost like foreshadowing of his kind of internal battle. 
And it's those little things like that. Like, I like when a moviegoer is like, hey, the audience is smart and they'll pick something up like that. And if they don't, oh, well, like it like absolutely like other filmmakers would have had that. And then they would have had Oppenheimer when he's having his little like, you know, reminiscing, thinking about it. They would have had like Kitty's voice playing in his head. Yeah. You can't do this in and feel bad for it, whatever. Yeah. But no, like they, they didn't do that. It's like we're going to set this up and then it's kind of like, you know, it, it's interwoven and it it's everything kind of has a purpose. There's no fluff in this three hour movie, which is crazy to say yeah no, it's it's very very dense it is fucking great yeah it's a again i don't think i've ever given a 20 i'm looking through my scores here and i i don't, I don't see I one either. it has to have been before i started keeping track of individual categories if i did i know a movie that would have got a 20 from you if we didn't even review it but i know it would have what parasite easily <laughs> i know so <laughs> easily parasite probably gets a 19 for me um so easy. Maybe I could do a little bit higher than 18, but I'm not going to. It's your score. What the hell happened? Oh, that's a different movie. I was like, that is not the right next score. Um, let's do. Can we just do visual cinematography first? Let's talk about it. It's a 20. It's 70 millimeter IMAX. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so fucking good. The way everything's shot, the attention, the detail, the different scenes and the 70 millimeter, man. <laughs> that's a big fucking screen. I know we changed to do key elements first because it makes more sense. I just feel like in this instance, it's just so obvious. Yeah. It's a 20. Yeah. Um, I want to make the point that the 70 millimeter, you said, I'm not sure how much of a difference it would have made from digital IMAX. Like you would have got 99%. I disagree no. a little bit. I saw people talking about that afterwards and making points and I'm like, fuck yeah. It like makes it agreed with you. Oh, no, no. Yeah. No, it makes a difference. I was watching it and I was like, <laughs> stupid. I read like a thing or I think you said it on the podcast where you read like that film is the most true thing to your eye like 16k versus 4k because like a digital there's pixels but film it's like the true color i don't know if you said that on the potter afterwards but i was literally thinking of that though like during the movie yeah. like am i looking at this guy yeah and the big ass imax screen obviously makes it like you're engulfed in it it's almost like i was wearing a vr headset and i was just like i was there it was so clear um obviously the sound is what's gonna win this thing an oscar even if it doesn't <laughs> win anything else it's running away for best sound the sound design in this is just it's incredible. Look, I don't want to make an informed statement because I haven't informed, seen uninformed. uninformed statement because I haven't seen every movie ever. Best sound design ever? I would say so. It's got to be up there. It's, it's just it's it's the score, the noise, the sound, the, the lack of noise. The lack of noise. Mm -hmm. The anxiety-inducing fucking lack of noise at points coupled with just the incredible sound that is there. Mhm. Mm Oh my god, Can man. Can you imagine seeing this in Civic? It would still have been very good. It would have, but it's just what an experience. Glad I saw it in IMAX, man. It's it's I don't I don't know. I'm at a loss for words with how breathtaking it is to fucking experience this movie. Story aside, like if you just fucking if you just put a blank screen with the sound design and everything, it's just so fucking good. Yeah. I I can't, I, I can't add anything. It's, I, I was, what I was telling Riley is like, I feel bad for Dune part two. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like any other year, that's a runaway for best sound. It won best sound the year it came out, yeah. Dune won. And now it's got to go up against fucking Oppenheimer. Counterpoint, writer's strike might get pushed back. That's very true. And they may also intentionally like, when's the cutoff? Let's do it a day after. That's our only, that's like our best chance in an Oscar. But I was talking to a coworker about this and they were like, cause I, I talked to like five different people about this movie. Oh yeah you know, the next morning I was like, I just want to talk to everyone. And I, I mentioned how I went and saw it and they were like, cause they're pretty big movie people. And they're like, yeah, 
we heard like some of the people are some kind of hard to understand sometimes, which I agree. I'm a caption guy, so I've become yeah. reliant and there's people with accents in this and like, it's not their fault. You know, it's just, I'm stupid. Um, but no, it, it is a struggle to sometimes follow it, you know, especially when you're relying on captions like myself. And when I, and they were like, yeah, I think we're going to wait till VOD and then we have a projector and we're going to put it up on the, the screen and we'll watch it that way with captions. I was like, no, man, like it's not the big screen that you're missing out on here. Obviously it is nice to see it on a big screen. I was like, for sure. But it's the sound. And I told him it's like Dune. Like I would rather, I would wa- rather watch this movie on a 32 inch TV with an IMAX surround sound than watch it on a giant IMAX screen. Even though the the 70 millimeter was obviously very beautiful with just a normal fucking TV yeah. sound or fucking, you know, your home sound surround sound. Yeah. It's fucking spectacular. When I did watch it the day you were supposed to watch it and you didn't mm-hmm. watch it, mm-hmm. that was the one thing, like, texting you. I was like, 70 millimeter, like, IMAX looked cool and everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's the IMAX fucking surround sound that blew me away. And that's why you got left out by – or not left out. I think – I don't know the point I'm making. Just – never mind. <laughs> <laughs> About 70 millimeter? Or? I lost my I, – I was going to say you – you're now saying 70 millimeter is worth it. It is different than normal yeah. IMAX. But the sound was so good that at the time you weren't even thinking about how good the 70 millimeter, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you were so encapsulated by the sound. You were like, oh, 70 millimeter and digital. It's probably not that different. And then afterwards you realize like, oh no, it actually was very crisp. Yeah. I was just too busy. It's fucking beautiful. Enamored by the sound. This is the closest I've ever gotten to breaking our scale and giving a bonus point, but I'm not going to do it. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> We've discussed it before and maybe one day. <laughs> maybe. Key elements. I want to get your, your take on this because I've. This has been the score that has bounced around between three different numbers since I've done this scale, including since we've started this scale, <laughs> since we started this podcast. So I want you to take the lead. You said this movie effed you up. So take 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 the reins, Ty. So obviously it's a biopic. Yeah. But a huge part of it is the emotion of the character. And, and it's the entire thing is through his eyes. Mm-hmm. None of it is without you know him there maybe a little bit of the Strauss shit whatever but black and white though black and white doesn't count mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's through his eyes and it's the emotion that comes with it when i finished this movie and that final line of i thought we would destroy the world chain chain reaction that would destroy the world i think we did yeah i haven't drove home in silence like that since the minnesota miracle <laughs> two just horrible events and American the history. atomic bomb and the Saints losing to the Vikings in the playoffs. Wow, you drove home and sat in silence? After this movie? Yeah. Yeah. That shit wow. just weighed on me so heavy and just thinking of the fucking scene. And, like, all the fucking emotion and thoughts that are going through a man who he thought it was for the better good, you know, for, for the good of the United States, and if I don't use it, Hitler's going to use it. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the end of the road, and it's like, okay, we made it, and Hitler lost – and then to just be like, have the army like, okay, thank you, and take it from you. And now you've created this device that holds mm-hmm. so much fucking power. Mm-hmm. And you have no control over what is done with it, what people do down the line with it. And you've created this. And you are basically, like, he's right. The world's going to fucking end because of nuclear weapons. Hasn't happened yet, but that's, that's going to be our fucking downfall. As soon yeah. as two egotistical dickheads are just like, fuck it, and send some missiles... I'm optimistic that we're not stupid enough. I'm not. I think uh, I think Putin might do it. If anyone, besides, tell uh, me, tell Kim me, right? Kim Jong Un, Putin, Donald Trump, 100. percent If they were waving a dick at him, he gets reelected, reelected, and Putin sends one. Trump's unloading on him. 
And then well, we're yeah, all dead. they'll get unloaded on no matter what. But and then however many fucking dumb people are in charge down the line. I'm optimistic that everyone knows that how bad it would be that no one would actually do it. But that's just me being optimistic. Sure. I've also realized that this this uh, exact thing has happened before in a movie review because I feel like one of the things you talked about in Eternals was the super genius Eternal. Remember that scene where he's he said he stopped doing like stopped intermingling intermingling with the humans because he was he gave them the technology then they created a bomb and remember there was a scene where he went to Hiroshima. Oh shit! Yeah, and I remember you talking about that specifically. Fucks me up, man. Yeah, just the thought of that, and it just it fucking hit me like a like a fucking truck full of bricks. I don't know the same. Was your favorite uh, was your favorite book in elementary school that uh, Thousand Paper Cranes book? Remember that? Is that about the internment camp? No, that one was about um. Oh, I don't remember the name of that one. I've read that one. This one was the one about she made like. Um, cranes or something after the some of it was related with the atomic oh, bomb i, I remember, remember we read this. it in fourth grade yeah so it's very sad no and the emotion and stuff and it leaves you with that lingering feeling and as someone Just dread 100 percent. um i also have from a young age had had the existential crisis about nukes and stuff and i think i've come to a point where i told you i'm cautiously optimistic yeah just because that's my way of coping with the existential dread I have so, zero faith in the people who run the world. See, I felt like this for a long time, so this is not a new feeling for me. I was fucking – this is kind of a dark Jason memory, but I remember Maybe. the first day of third grade. The this, this summer before third grade is when I kind of, like, wrap my head around death. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, you know, oh, I'll go to heaven. And then this, for some reason, the thing I was dreading was, like, I'm going to wake up in heaven for every day forever. Yeah. Like, what even that's that even terrifying. Mean? No, I remember I had the same thing. It was like probably a couple months straight where I'd wake up in the middle of the night in like a cold sweat. Yes. Like, I'm going to fucking die one day. Maybe this is relatable and just no one talks about it. <laughs> yeah, it's just everyone. Once you wrap your mind around death. Yeah. I remember the first day of third grade. Um, Al- Was her name Alyssa? She was our Alyssa Carroll, maybe? She was our David Crockett, Crockett book yep, partner. 100%. She asked me, how was your summer? And I said, pretty bad. I kept thinking about dying. And she was just kind of like... <laughs> okay (laughs) like this is a a core memory for me first day of third grade and then i remember in fucking middle school and high school when there was the obama romney election and one of the that was freshman year and one of the big talking points was north korea and the nukes and stuff and i was just like terrified i was like we're gonna get nuked like we're gonna die that nuke map i don't know if you've ever been on it i've been on it a lot Mm -hmm. including the morning after oppenheimer if they hit la with a big enough nuke we're still fucked a hydrogen bomb yes we're fucked um mostly radiation yeah, um, not like the explosion. We're in the yeah. nuclear fallout zone. So I've thought about this. Yeah. So maybe I'm I'm a little bit more cushioned. Um, what did you give it, first and foremost, the key elements? So, again, a big part of it is the emotion. Second part of it is the biopic and telling this guy's story. Mm-hmm. I who feel like who I, dies, who tells our story. God damn, the Hamilton just <laughs> keeps coming. <laughs> I feel like I know this man. Yeah? It does such a good fucking job. And the... It's it's that mixed with I think of a movie like Uncut Gems, where you're just on the fucking edge of your seat throughout the entire movie, and it's just go 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 suspense, pit in the middle of your stuff. It's another twenty. I'm glad you brought up Uncut Gems. I'm gonna bring that full circle in a little bit, but you gave it a twenty. It's a full twenty. This movie makes you feel things, unlike any movie I've seen in a long time. Okay, that's a full twenty for me. 
Fair enough, Ty. Talk to me um, here. Like I said, it's bounced between three numbers, and I think I'm going to land at the middle number here. I didn't have that same, like, effed me up that you had, but I still felt the emotion. Um, again, I had a pit in my stomach, was about to throw up when that bomb went off. Like, that is just – you're making a – what like a drama. Is that the technical term for this? What is, like, the technical this genre of this? is a – Drama history, biographical drama history. That sounds right. I don't see it. You're making a drama, and, like, the, the stakes and the drama in this is so goddamn high. Um, it's a thriller film. It's This movie's like, I don't want to call it scary, but it's like, it, it is a little thrillery. Like, yeah. the pit in your stomach. And again, a lot of it is aided by the movie theater experience. This is a movie that has to be made, or this is a movie that has to be watched in the theaters. Like, yeah. you're not getting the same the same thing at home. And if we only, if this was COVID and we watched this streaming, our scores are lower. They just are. And that's not fair. And that's why we didn't ever review Tenet. It's true. I wouldn't saw it at a drive-in. I didn't see it at home. You still don't get nearly the experience <laughs> in a drive-in. <laughs> Not a chance. I don't know what kind of surround system you have. It's, you know, it's a bigger screen is all I was getting at. <laughs> I landed at a 19. I think the thing I keep going back to, which keeps it from a per- perfect 20, is that little bit of 20 minute. Not even 20 minutes. That Robert Downey Jr. thing. I don't know. I just... I think I was so exhausted it took some of the the wind out of my sails a little bit and maybe I was just like tired and it was yeah. it was 1:30 in the morning so I mean there is human element to these scales but the drama's there the emotions <laughs> I think we there. are forgetting that part that when that 20 minute part happened it was 2 in the morning for you. <laughs> yeah. Um I I gave it a 19. I think it's it's right there. I think maybe if it makes me cry it gets a 20. I think that's the the extra point it's missing. Um, I, I did, don't, I don't know, man. That fucking bleacher scene where he sees people's faces melting off and you feel the weight. Yeah, I got fucking teary eyed. See, I didn't. That fuck. <laughs> wow, I'm kind of. We're going into an interesting direction with this score. <laughs> yes, for we you, are, Tyler Wooten. <laughs> wow, <laughs> characters. I brought. I'm glad you brought up Uncut Gems. I'll start here. Okay. Robert Downey Jr. was very good. I don't think he's going to win an Oscar. Strongly disagree. Oh, you think he's going to win an Oscar? I think he's got to be up there for supporting. I think he'll get nominated. Played an all-time dickhead. Just the world's biggest hater. Don't get me wrong. I thought he was very, very good. Yeah. I just said he'll be nominated. I do think if it wasn't Robert Downey Jr. and you got the exact same performance from a, I don't even know. I, I This is what I talk about with Riley. This is why I wanted to bring up Upcut Gems. I feel like sometimes moviegoers and maybe you're a victim to this tie maybe not when there is an actor who's a bigger name who isn't typically in those conversations now i know rdj might have won or even been nominated like far in his past but like he's in a new wave of his career i think tropic thunder riley said he got nominated for best supporting if i'm not mistaken. supporting actor in blackface um (laughs) (laughs) uh best he was Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Nominated for Chaplin and then nominated for Tropic Thunder. Fuck yeah, so dude. It's not completely unknown for him. But he is kind of this A-lister, household name. When these guys have these types of performances, they get more support behind them. Example, Will Smith in um, King Richard. He was very good in that. I thought he should have won the Oscar. Um, but there was a little bit more buzz. Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems didn't actually get nominated, but there was a lot of buzz because it was like, holy shit, Adam Sandler's doing a serious yeah. Uh, you know, movie and it's a good performance. So I thought it was a very good performance. I don't think he'll win an Oscar. I just think he's getting a little overhyped because he's RDJ was my point I wanted to make. I got to see more movies. We do. Strong we do. disagree. He's going to be top three though. I mean, strong, strong feeling. He's going to be top three. I think I'd still give it to Ryan Gosling. <laughs> to what? Ryan Gosling. Oh, for Ken? I, yeah, I fucking love his I performance know. in that film. I, I love his performance in that film. I don't think the Academy is going to give him love. Like the public, <laughs> no, will. they won't. They definitely won't. He, I don't, he's gonna feel like he's not enough <laughs> when the Oscar nominations come out. IndieWire, which uh, the regular site we use for this, doesn't have a best supporting. The Indie IndieWire though has their contenders and whatnot. They have. They don't even have RDJ on here. That's crazy. Well, okay. So here's my thing with this movie. Mm-hmm. This is this is such a fucking stacked cast. Yeah, and I think that RDJ gives an incredible performance. He's not my favorite supporting performance, but continue your thoughts. There's so many fucking good supporting performances in this movie. There is Jason Clark as the guy fucking interviewing Mm -hmm. the asshole interviewer. Yeah, Yeah. if it's I know there's a couple people who've won like supporting actor for like you know five minutes on screen, super (laughs) super small roles. If they go that route, he did fucking great and should get a nomination. Matt Damon, fantastic. Don't know the only it, laughs of the movie. It's very true. When he said he was going to kill him. That was like a legitimate laugh. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. It was, it was good. He does. He does have like the only joke in this fucking movie. <laughs> and it, if it's going to be anyone, it's got to be Matt Damon. So I'm fine with that. Um, Alden Ehrenreich. His name's hard to say. He's mm-hmm. like the assistant to Strauss. Very good in his little bit of time. Still haven't mentioned my favorite supporting. I'm getting there. Okay. Is it Emily Blunt? It's Emily Blunt. Because she's fan-fucking-tastic, and I, I strongly agree she should win Best Supporting Actress for this performance. Emily Blunt in this was just, oh, my God, she was fantastic. The scene where they're, like, she's on trial, and they're talking to her, oh. and she's kind of, like, playing stupid at first. or oh. Not playing stupid, but, you know, and she kind of takes him on an emotional whirlwind. Yeah. Just a magnificent display of the 17, no 18, actually 19, <laughs> just right in his fucking face. She's so good. She's so good in this. And it's not just that scene, but she's so good in this. Um, that scene's the one that gets played at the Oscars, though, when she wins. Oh, 100%. Because it's so fucking good. 100%. Yeah, they don't even have... They have RDJ as a contender for Oppenheimer. That's But crazy. they don't have him in the front runners. That's crazy. They he have, was fucking fantastic. Just great asshole. Now, granted, I don't know if all these movies have come out. They have Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon, which... Definitely hasn't come out. Definitely hasn't. But, I mean, everyone that's in that movie is going to be talked about. Noah Galvin in Theater Camp, which is a movie Riley wants to see. It's like a low-budget indie. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen this. I, I mean, I've seen a bunch of trailers see, for yeah, it. Yeah. I want to see it. John Magaro in Past Lives I've not heard of. Nope. 
Chris Messina in Air. Which one was Chris Messina? The um, the fuck is it? I don't know which the the agent. He oh. was the agent, right? Wow, what a disgusting He's, pick. Yeah, they also have below him Ben Affleck. I'd put above him in in Air. Yeah. Jason Bateman. I'd even put above. All that him guy from does Air. is plays a fucking character from Honorage. True. So maybe we'll flip him. He can go down to contenders. We're editing IndieWire's article for them. We're going to move. I'll move RDJ up for you, Ty. And Thank they also you. have uh, your boy, Jesse Plemons, Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay. Killian Murphy. So good. He's getting nommed for best lead actor, right? 100%. How many people get nommed in this movie? Three? Over, under, three and a half. Over. I, you think four? No, I think it's going to be. Is best supporting actress is its own category, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. It's best actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress. Emily Blunt, one hundred percent. Killian Murphy, I feel like one hundred percent. I'm. I do think RDJ will. RDJ, and then give me Matt Damon, Jason Clark, fucking whoever you want to pull from this movie. That bunch of people gave wonderful supporting performances. It just depends on how, how much they care about screen time, because mm-hmm. a lot of people were on screen for a few minutes and just fucking hit it out of the park in their little bit of screen time mm-hmm. one thing i want to bring up with characters i i can't forget this mm-hmm. thoughts on josh peck being the one to drop the bomb took me out of it a little bit i fucking hated it <laughs> so get anyone but him yeah took me out of it a little no bit. need for him in this movie i don't even think he has a fucking speaking line i feel bad for the guy Why? he was briefly in it before that too yeah when he was recruiting because, like, it's not his f- – he didn't give a bad performance. We just hate it because it was fucking Drake and Josh. I hate it because of he's, like, a fucking YouTuber now. and I like him in Drake and Josh. I don't like him post-Drake and Josh. So who's our dream casting then? We always do, like – Dream casting guy to push the button. Yeah. That Ka- won't take me out of the movie. Kind of looks like Josh Peck, maybe. <sighs> Someone serious who can turn in a good – Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a great call. Shia LaBeouf would be a great guy to push the button. Zero speaking lines, but he just shows up in his military uniform. That's a great call. She's like, are you sure? Killian Murphy was fantastic in this. I rank Killian Murphy as performance-wise my favorite. Killian Murphy 1, Emily Blunt 2, RDJ 3 is how I'd personally rank it. Matt Damon 3B to RDJ's 3A. I almost like Jason Clark more than Matt Damon in this, though. Really? Jason Clark, he's not on screen for as long, but when he's on screen, he fucking, he controls every scene that he's in, except for when Emily Blunt puts it in his fucking face. You're not wrong. And I'm not going to tell you that I don't have Matt Damon bias. It may or may not be there. Matt Damon's so good in everything, though. <laughs> fucking Matt Damon should be Leonardo DiCaprio. Isn't there like a thing, like, isn't people compare the two or something? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know where I'm going for. I know Matt Damon was supposed to be the lead in Avatar. He was going to get 10% of the franchise. He turned yeah. it down for the Bourne identity. Yeah. It's got to be the most money anyone's ever turned down for a role ever. Yeah. What an, that's a bad move, Matt Damon. He'd be so good in Avatar, too. I gave it, I feel like, again, I'm explaining why it's not a 20, so it's going to sound like I'm shitting on it. I feel like there's one extra level. I feel like I always give more credit to, like, the eccentric maybe performances where it's almost like method acting Jared Leto type shit, but not Jared Leto because I hate Jared Leto. Um, and I think that's maybe how I get a 20. I gave this a 19, though, out of 20. Maybe like character films where it's like a Joker. You're shaking your head no. Um, I give a 20. Marriage Story, I gave a 20 as well. I gave this a 19. I know you love ensemble casts, but I gave this a 19. Still, I mean, obviously the second highest score I can give. We just had a conversation about over under three Oscar nominations. Okay, well, noms. There's a difference between noms and wins. 
Okay. I didn't give everything everywhere all at once a 20, and they got fucking four nominations. You should have. I gave it a 17. Not even that high. I also gave it a 17. Mm. This movie just stands out, though, man. It's just such an ensemble cast with so many fucking standouts. You're going to fucking do this to me, aren't you? Continue. I'm going to do what to you? I just keep talking. Sorry. It's a 20. You're going to fucking do this to me, aren't you? There's so many good fucking performances in this movie. This movie, I, I thought about it for days and nights afterwards of how fucking good everyone was in this in the emotion. You're going to do this to me, aren't you? I don't know what you're talking about, Jay. I'm just reviewing a fucking movie. You're going to break uncharted grounds, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just reviewing a movie. Is it because the guy from Lights, Camera, Bar still did it? No, he's got a bunch of movies up there that I don't necessarily agree with. Singing in the Rain, he has 100. Who the fuck cares about that movie? in the rain. Hamilton's way better than that. I know it's like movie and, and play, but singing. Okay. The Banshees of Anishran had four actors nominated. What did we give that? Let me take a look. I 20. Give... <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I think I thought I knew the answer to that, so I was so quick. I, I gave it a, a fucking 20. I gave it a 17. <laughs> okay. And I think I had the same comment. I... I'm vividly remembering this because I was like, it's going to be best lead, best supporting, best supporting actor. I vividly remember this fucking conversation. I was like, how do we give it anything but a 20? I'm having fucking deja vu You know what I like about Oppenheimer compared to a movie like Banshees of Inishirin? Oppenheimer actually makes you feel something. It doesn't expect you to know the history of the fucking Irish Revolution. Well, it doesn't cause people to pretend like they know the deeper meaning because they read it online. Like it's, it's, like I said, it's... Everything has a purpose. It's not over your head, but it's like, hey, this is a story. You don't have to know. It's not a metaphor for anything. No. There's certain things in this movie that are metaphor for things that happen later and vice versa in his life and all that. Sure. But that's the difference between like a movie like Banshees of Inishran and this to me. It's like Banshees of Inishran. It's like, you have to be smart to understand this. And if you don't, you're stupid. But I Googled. It's people who like it look down on other people. Mm -hmm. Whereas people who like this is like, this movie just fucking rocks. I'll give my enjoyment because I already know where this is heading. Look, I really like this. Um, I, I, it's a, it's a great movie. It's a great movie theater experience. I think if I'm standing back a thousand miles and I'm looking at it objectively in the grand scheme of everything, and I don't want to be victim to coming back in six weeks and saying, "Hey, maybe I should give this one or two minus," which maybe you'll do. I don't know. I'm not. I don't want to accuse you of anything. You don't even know my fucking score yet. I could be like, "It was a lot. I hated it." Seven. I. I really enjoyed it. Is it as rewatchable as a 20 or a 19? It's not. Like, you have to have that movie theater experience. Um, Does that mean I'll never watch it again? No. But, like, it's not going to be the same at home. Um, It's not. I will say if there was an open IMAX showing, I would fucking go again in a heartbeat right now. That's fair. I'm not even going to disagree with you there. Yeah. Um, So, I I don't think it's one of my all-time, all-time favorites. Look, enjoyment is supposed to be part of the turn your brain off popcorn movie whatever it's totally subjective this was a very good film i respect the hell out of how it was made um and i gave it a 12 no you didn't i gave it an 18 out of 20 (laughs) no you didn't (laughs) i really i really enjoyed this again maybe if it's 7 p.m not 11 maybe i give it a 19 i don't know i think 18 is fair though I, i usually save 19 to 20 
Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, I gave a 19. This is a better film. My final score will indicate that. This is a better film, better made, all that stuff. Guardians was a little bit more enjoyable for me. And yes, it's because it's Marvel, but oh well, that's part of it. And that's why we have this as one of our five categories, 18 out of 20. Yeah, you just punched the fuck out of your mic. Sorry. So we're down to the last score here. Um, Taking a look at some of the movies we've reviewed. I've given one, two, three, four, five, six twenties in enjoyment. Those movies are Top Gun Maverick. Mm, you love Top Gun Maverick. No Way Home. Cross the Spider-Verse. Marcel the Shell with Shoes on. The Wolf of Wall Street. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Okay. I fucking love Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. It's not a 20. <gasps> no, you're not going to take me all the way here. It's not a 20. It's very watchable. And then I jumped down to my 19s. Creed 3, The Avengers, Law Abiding Citizen, Spider-Man 2, Inception, shout out Christopher Nolan, A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. It's not a 19. What? It's not. And I'm with you. It's the rewatchability factor. I love everything about this movie. I love what this movie did. I love the movie experience. And it's one of those things like I enjoyed this experience so fucking much. That's going to be something I'm telling Xander about when he's older, like. I wish you were around old enough I mean, because he is around, but <laughs> <laughs> I wish you were old enough to go to me, go with me to watch this fucking movie in a big screen. So here's a picture of us in the Oppenheimer showing and you're crying your eyes out because <laughs> the bomb scared the shit out of you, <laughs> but you had to experience it. <laughs> it's an 18. I got all the way there and I, I thought about it, but it's just, I genuinely believe in the four twenties in the other categories. I don't believe it that it's a 20 in this category. I just I, don't. I respect you not I, I giving it a 20 yeah. just to make it. I could have. I could have just been like, I want this to be 100 and just forced it. I'm not going to do that. It's an 18. I fucking love this movie going experience. It's not as rewatchable. I'm not going to be like, you know, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Is this one of the best movies I've ever seen? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. One million yeah. percent. This is one of the best movies I've ever seen. There is a difference between favorite and best. And I think enjoyment is that difference of if you know, your favorite type movies versus the best type movies. I think they need to start doing because me and Riley were in, in getting popcorn in line and someone next to us had mentioned how they got to see interstellar and IMAX and Riley's like, damn, I'm jealous. Why don't they bring back? I know like there's always movies out, so it's hard. There's a lot of contracts with IMAX where they have to be showing certain things for certain. They got to do figure something out though. Why can't there be like a special theater? Maybe not a special theater. They probably got a business. But they're only showing old movies. Like, I know they do do this. <laughs> All it is is five IMAX screens, and it's nothing that's new. I know they do this, and I know they obviously probably can't do fucking 70 millimeter again. But in five years, if they're like Oppenheimer, digital run, five-year anniversary, go see an IMAX, you have a week. I would go see it yeah. 100% without – I wouldn't even think about it. Yeah. Like it's – I just – Interstellar, if they did that, I'd go see it. Inception, I'd go do it. All, all Christopher Nolan movies, but – after watching Interstellar, Man. I would have fucking loved to have seen it. That would have been great. Big screen. I told Riley the same thing you kind of you just alluded to. This is I, I had to stop myself. I said, This is the best movie theater experience I've ever had. And then I stopped myself and I said, Not true. I still think Avengers Endgame, final fight scene, just because of all the factors, the fanfare, the 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 cheering, you know, that yeah. that's still gonna be number one. But in terms of like a pure movie experience. It's fucking Oppenheimer, yeah. like without a doubt. If you if it it just is like, I would go see this in IMAX, and I'm the only one in the theaters. 
way before I'd go see Endgame again as the only person, in, even in an IMAX theater. Well, Endgame had so many outside factors weighing into it mm-hmm. and the excitement and the anticipation, whereas this, it's it's what's right in front of you. Yeah. It's not the outside stuff. It's what it's entirely created while you're in that theater. Yeah. And it's just done so fucking good, man. I had one more point to make. Oh, another. We've been talking about a lot of movies. I feel like it's fair to compare movies and stuff. Yeah. This is like a good version. I've already mentioned this movie. This is a good version of Dune for me. I feel like. Yeah. I just, it, it nails it. It fucking nails it. It has the big theatrical thing. Now, we saw Dune in Civic Plaza, which obviously it's working against it. Maybe I'll go see, D, go see Dune in IMAX. Even seeing it, Dune in Civic Plaza on the big screen felt fucking incredible. I can only imagine how awesome it was. I'm IMAX. seeing it in IMAX. I have to do the, the due diligence. Yeah, but million percent. It's like such a mixture where it's Dune and it's Avatar The Way of Water where it's like showing off, but it's not even VFX like you know those All movies practical, are baby it, it's practical but then it also has like the the story beats and it's enjoyable like forever like it, it's yeah it's hard it's not hard to follow but you got to be engaged in everything but it's not boring it's not yeah it keeps you engaged just, you have to stay there but it try it does it pulls you in it just hits so many notes and i feel like i feel like we are a little bit biased not i don't want to say biased but seeing an imax definitely helps if we saw all of Christopher Nolan's movies for the first time in IMAX, maybe there's like a lot of 98s, 99s, 100s. You know what I mean? Maybe Inception ranks above this. Maybe fucking Dark Knight ranks above this. Um, I made the point a few weeks ago that Steven Spielberg is the greatest director of all time. I don't think you can refute that Christopher Nolan is the greatest director of this generation, the greatest living director in his current form. Yes, the greatest director of the modern era. Yes. I don't know what we consider modern, but after Spielberg. Well, Spielberg's still alive, and like Scorsese, they're still alive, so you can't say the best living, but like, he's the best right now. Yeah. Mike Trout is the best player legacy wise in the MLB right now, I'd say, but he's not the best anymore. Otani's the best. Steven Spielberg is maybe not Mike Trout. Steven Spielberg is Clayton Kershaw. Christopher Nolan is Shohei (laughs) Otani. Okay. Something like that. I don't know. I just, I think he's the best at it right now, and I I want to go back. Spielberg's Pujols. Okay. (laughs) Pujols a few years ago. He's retired. Spielberg's not retired yet. Oh, okay. Good point. But see, okay, I was about to say, but Spielberg's still turning out bangers because the Fablemans was a banger. Pools was actually kind of fucking good last year. Wonderful <laughs> as a left-handed hit, uh, pitcher or hitter against lefties. I don't know. I Christopher Nolan, all his movies are must-watch. I need to go watch Tenet. But it's I'm not going to be able to see it in the big screen, so I don't know. Like, I've watched Tenet. Not as good of a movie as this. Cool movie. Cool concept. A lot more action than mm-hmm. this. Not as good of a movie. Like, it's not like a Christopher Nolan thing. Like, this genuinely is an incredible film that stands toe-to-toe and above some of his best. I think if we got to see Dark Knight and IMAX for the first time, I think that might get 100 from you. I really do. Because Dark Knight is like this movie, but with a little bit of action and superheroes. No, yeah, it's it's this movie, but it's the most rewatchable thing ever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I get my final score tie. One of my know. highest scores ever. I might give Dark Knight like 19 characters, though. Really? See, that's the difference for me. I feel yeah. like I give it a 20 because you got the Joker where it's a little bit more bi and it's a little more crazy. That's why I'm like, yeah, it's one Oscar for sure. <laughs> but like Christian Bale, he's just Batman. He just does a deep voice. It's a good performance, but it's not like... Yeah, you're probably right. You know? 94 out of 100. <laughs> what does that rank as a score you've given? For me personally? Yeah. Uh, let me Second highest score you've ever given. 
That sounds about right. Probably only behind Infinity War. It is. Now, I know Infinity War is our top rate. I gave Infinity War a 97. You did. And I I finally bested it. <laughs> I gave it a 98 out of 100. Giving us a final score of 96 out of 100. Tying it with Infinity War for our top ranked movie of all time. Yeah. Deservedly so. Two very wow. different movies. Wonderful theater experiences. Wonderful everything. These are the two different ends of what filmmaking should be. There's also comedy and stuff, but <laughs> I just I'm just thinking about like there's just so much good things in this. Like another movie that I thought about, me and Riley even talked about it. Like nineteen seventeen. Like nineteen seventeen is a war movie, it's one shot and everything, but like just yeah. the cinematography of nineteen seventeen and the sound and everything, like another movie in our top ten? But Oppenheimer, like, it, it hits those similar beats of, like, why it's enjoyable. Like, it, it's got – it's just got – it's got the story beats. It's got the cinematography beats. It's got the acting beats. Like, it's got all these beats that just make it so good. I don't know how anyone gives us a Rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, man. I just don't get it. 93. Critics. 93 like, is a it, great score, but – But, like, again, like, if it's your job to review movies and, like, you sit down and that's your fucking thing – Mm-hmm. How do you think anything besides this movie is a fucking masterpiece? I don't know. That blows me away. Maybe they didn't see it in theaters. I don't know. <laughs> they got a screener and they watched it on their iPhone on the fucking train. I was going to say like D train or something. I don't know the name of the fucking New York trains. I was going to pretend to be an East Coaster for a minute. I just feel like some of these like reviews, they just want to be different. Like They'll say nice things and it'll be rotten. At three hours, Oppenheimer as a whole falls short of the sum of its pleasing parts. That's a – I liked everything in this. But I'm going to pretend I didn't like the movie. There was one. I don't want to dive into it because I. it's coming from a different perspective, and I am a white male in this country. But it talked about how it was a white Jewish male compartmentalized view of history. And I actually read the review. And they made some points that I understood but I disagreed with. But, I mean – there's no point in debating someone who's not here to talk about it and everything. So I think, but part of it for me is it's not the glorification of what he did. It's the, the nightmare of him doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's the complete opposite. It's yeah, there's the suspense and it's built around that, but it's the realization of Holy shit. What have I done? And I think it's the complete opposite of glorifying a horrible event. It's, Making you feel the emotions of the people who were a part of committing that fucking, mm-hmm. you know, once in a lifetime event in human history of of just tragedy. How about Ryan Serek of the Reader, Omaha, Nebraska? Oppenheimer is, sens- is sensationally filmed. The performances are mostly great, provided the role is a dude. It is easy to see why so many people are praising what's here, but it is stealth stupid. It's se- sneaky simplistic. It is camouflaged dumb. Fuck you, dude. Bet you like Banshees of Anishirin. Does that beat the Avengers Infinity War? Why is the stake of the world always up, not the stake of some random town? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Fucking man. Guy. I'm sure Armin White gave it a negative. I'm we sure haven't done an Armin White review in a minute. Don't do this to me. You're going to make me so fucking angry at this guy. Yeah, give it a rod. God damn you, Armin. Because Nolan's politics are always obscure, it's good that his filmmaking is so slick, yet laborious, 
convoluted and innervating. Otherwise, a perverse, immoral epic like Oppenheimer might be dangerous. That doesn't even make sense. Fuck this guy. I hate that this guy weighs on this scale for percentages. Mm-hmm. His mm-hmm. opinion shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think there's like the 10% of people on either ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. You just should Those people shouldn't count. They shouldn't be allowed to like voice their opinion on things. Oh, okay. He also gave Barbie it rotten, but that was the most predictable thing. Yeah. No I shit. almost thought he might have went against it. Because that would have so been so funny. <laughs> that would have been fucking great. This is a great movie. It's tied for the highest score we've ever given. I highly recommend you go see it in theaters if you haven't, if you listen to this whole podcast. Um, it doesn't even matter that you know what happened because, like, that's... you. We knew what happened going into the fucking movie. <laughs> it's... The only thing we spoiled is that his fucking... His... What do you... That the his, bomb actually went off? No. Everyone knows that. The only thing we spoiled is the chick he's having an affair with commits suicide. Yeah, but I mean... That's the only thing, like, you wouldn't know that's like, oh, shit. 94 out of 100. 96 combined. Go see it. Go see it in IMAX if you can. 70 millimeter if you can, but if not, go get it for that IMAX sound at the very least, darling. Mm. Don't know why I called our listeners darling, but maybe that's just a thing I'm going to do from now on. I think you had Florence Pugh on the mind. Don't worry, darling. I always have Florence Pugh on the mind. God bless her. What are we doing next week? Uh, I know I think we were supposed to do Haunted Mansion this week. Again, our schedule got all mixed up. Um, but I think I want to do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, we got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles next yeah. week. So let's just we were gonna squeeze Haunted that. Mansion in if we did two in one week. We didn't end up doing that, so we're doing. I'd rather see Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah. Turtles. I know I'm kind of stealing your end of the podcast thing, but um, that's actually getting really good reviews. Oh I- yeah, no, it is. Haunted Mansion currently has a 39 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. They have once again made a bad Haunted Mansion movie. <laughs> Who would have thought? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 95 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck yeah, dude. So, it just looks like a fun... It's not even PG-13. It's just PG. It just looks like a really fun family movie. And I'm going to enjoy it. I can't wait. I'm going to go out on a limb. That's going to be at least within the lines. Were you about to get into your extra outro? Because we still have to do one other thing. No. Oh, okay. Were you about to say something? I was just going to say I can't wait. It looks like a lot of fun. Random AI movie synopsis. It's actually random this time. How about that? I love that. I feel like we've done this movie, but oh well. Is it going to be like another World War II movie that just isn't random at all? The character is Joker because you were like, oh, I want to do Batman because Christopher Nolan, but I already did Batman, so I did Joker. Fuck yeah. Which Joker? Did you specify? Didn't specify, but I think I'm going... Uh, I was going to go Mark Hamill. Animated Joker. I was thinking I was going to say animated Joker. Not yeah. Heath Ledger. Definitely not Jared Leto. No. More like crazy deranged. Yeah. Not Joaquin. Look, everyone gives great performances. For me, I think a Joker's voice. I'm listening to Mark Hamill. Ah, <laughs> sound like Joker. <laughs> ah, movie name. <laughs> a delightful. This is your worst one yet. Oh, I can't say that word either. Ah, movie name. <laughs> a delightful and devious movie that flips the hero and villain narrative on its head. My dear audience, step into the world of pl- step into the world where two. I okay, so I made edits to this, so it's good. It's oh my, it had names and stuff. Step into the world where two main characters have engaged in an epic rivalry for ages. But when one of the characters' schemes unexpectedly succeeds, he finds himself in a perplexing situation he never imagined. Ooh, that was pretty good. I like that little... That, wasn't, that was your better <laughs> part of this. In the midst of chaos and unexpected revelations, 
character name embarks on a journey of self-discovery and personal growth, navigating the blurred lines between good and evil. It's a wickedly entertaining tale filled with humor, heart, and a cast of colorful characters that will keep you entertained from start to finish. Ha 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 Wow. Does that sound like Joker? Ha 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 It's terrible. It, it does say ha ha ha. <laughs> that's, that's better. Hey, Batman. <laughs> that's worse. <laughs> a fucking uh, headphone warning for those. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> um... Okay, so two people, one betrays the other, the other goes on a journey of self-discovery. Epic rivalries. One of the character schemes unexpectedly succeeds, finds himself in a perplexing situation he never imagined. Blurred lines between good and evil. Self-discovery, <sighs> personal I, growth. I think you went full, full fucking random here. Okay. I'm thinking of a movie where this person... There's been countless iterations of this media. Okay. This per- main character, who's the bad guy, never wins. It's just hilarious how often he loses. Okay. And then finally for the movie, he wins. And everyone gets kicked out of their town. And they got to they gotta go on a journey. I'm thinking it's the SpongeBob movie. <laughs> I'm thinking Plankton finally wins. SpongeBob finally loses. He got to go on a journey of self-discovery. He becomes a man. That's incorrect, Ty. That's a good guess, though. The character who succeeds is the one going on self-discovery. Oh. Towing the line between good and evil. It flips the hero-villain narrative on its head. I didn't realize that. I thought the bad guy. But is he a bad guy? He starts as a bad guy, but is he really a bad guy? What the fuck movie is this? Starts as a bad guy. Is he really a bad guy? I'm like Deadpool, feeling like that. Starts as a bad guy, but is he really a bad Charming guy? Charming performance. Great performance. Really? Un- I, I shouldn't say that. It's going to lead you down the wrong per- direction. One of those movies, I feel like it's a it's a cult classic. It's not... It didn't win awards, I don't think. I could be wrong. But it's a huge cult classic. Hmm. I think of, like, Scott Pilgrim. It's animated. Fuck. Now I'm back to SpongeBob. (laughs) (laughs) Animated journey of self-discovery. Good and evil. Flips the paradigm on its head. Cult classic. Hit me. I don't have it. Megamind. Fuck. Megamind. It's a cult classic. It is. It's fucking good. People love it. (laughs) Yeah. Megamind starts as a villain, becomes the good guy, doesn't know what he's doing. He finally wins. He never wins, but he finally wins. Mm-hmm. Jonah Hill. I thought when you were giving that explanation, I thought you were going to say, like, fucking Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. I thought that's the direction. Tom and Jerry. <laughs> yeah, the Tom and Jerry movie? Yeah. That fucking movie. Horrible. Megamind. Fuck yeah, though. Would you watch Tom and Jerry? Would you watch Tom and Jerry in IMAX if it got you a free Oppenheimer ticket in IMAX? Yeah. Two times in a row, Tom and Jerry. Oh, <laughs> Can, like in a row like tom and jerry tom and jerry yeah. oppenheimer or do i get a tom and jerry sandwich you get a tom and jerry tom and jerry oppenheimer is like whenever you want doesn't have to be right after oh, okay <sighs> no phones <laughs> yes i would do it if it's tom and jerry tom and jerry back to back i would do it if i had to watch tom and jerry and then go watch oppenheimer and then watch tom and jerry again while i'm feeling all those emotions again and i watched a stupid fucking movie i wouldn't do it remember where we watched that movie piece of shit guy in arizona's house (laughs) 
our boy John Ty. Fucking John. Love John. Fuck John. That's all I got for you. We got it. Maybe another enjoyable movie next week. I don't think it'll top Oppenheimer, but who knows? Maybe it's also above the line, 85 plus. Imagine I give it just perfect score. That would be something. That TMNT. Oppen- Oppenheimer would be the shortest lived number one ranked movie on our things. Yeah. On our thing rankings. I hate that there's a tie. I'll be honest. You wish I would have given it a 95? Or you would have given it a 99? Yeah, I do. Why do you hate it? Why do you hate that it's a tie? I don't know. I kind of liked having like us having like that one fucking gold standard. Well, you have it. It's Oppenheimer. Yeah, but we don't have it. <laughs> it's the whole point of the fucking show, Jay, is we both give our opinions on something and then it combines into one. Well, we don't talk about our scores beforehand and we never will. So you're just going to have to deal with it. All right. I still, I still love the fact that we do have a, if that's the gold standard, a brown standard with Thunder Force. Mm-hmm. That'll never be topped. It's going to take a really bad movie for that to be topped. It's remarkably Or bad. bottomed, maybe, I should say. Yeah. Coming up on 200 movies, Ty. We're getting real close. We're eight away, which means it's on the schedule. Uh, there's They've shifted four, a two, lot three, of movies four, back, five, so our schedule six, might seven, be. Seven, eight. That can't be the one. We talked about this already. Yeah. That's right. Two, three, four, five. Yeah. Dumb money. What the fuck is dumb money? GameStop movie. Ah. <sighs> Gross. That's all I got for you, Ty. Oh, maybe we throw something else in the middle there. Okay. It's 200. It's a big deal. Maybe we just don't act like 200 is a big deal. We wait for 250. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for our 300th movie review, we have to do the movie 300, right? Fuck yeah. But that, not 300, the parody of it. Oh. Yeah. Meet the Spartans. Okay. <laughs> got it. That's our 300th movie review. <laughs> got it. <laughs> This is awesome. This is a great movie. Go out and see it. I don't care if we just explain the whole movie and you have the highest expectations ever. Go see it. Mm -hmm. And then once you're done watching it and you feel all those emotions, head on down the theater. Watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.